This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. A wife he finds a good thing. So this is my good thing. We're all the way from Houston, Texas. Amen. <laughs> and after today, she better be all the money that I've spent in the last two days. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So good to see all of you again. In the natural, I'm, I'm weary because I have shopped so much, but I just have to push all that aside. I almost told him today I didn't want to shop anymore, but I caught myself just in time. <laughs> I, I caught myself before I spoke those words. I didn't give life to that. <laughs> but we've had a marvelous time, and we bring you greetings from everybody at Miracle Land and everybody we know in Houston. They always get excited when they know we're coming to New York. And one of these days, I believe they're going to trail in behind us to come actually experience all of this fun and anointing that we experience while we're here. So we count it a privilege to be asked back and to be able to be here with each of you. You don't realize how encouraging you are. And what a blessing you are, just the fact that you chose to be here with us tonight. And we greatly appreciate that. But I know you didn't really come to hear me. You came to hear from God as he speaks through Dr. Allen. So I want to quickly give the microphone to a man that I have been married to close to 30 years now, be 28 years this year. And consequently, I've learned a lot about him. And I've learned that like Abraham, he's a man who's had his years of, of wilderness, but those were his years of preparation. And God has prepared him for such a time as this. Like David, he's truly a man after God's own heart. Sometimes I, I see him shedding tears and in his own way, dancing before the Lord. And he has learned how to encourage himself like Solomon. He is a man of great wisdom. Like Peter, he's highly anointed. Like Paul, he's bold for the Lord. And like Daniel, he exhibits excellence in everything that he does. So I'd like for you to receive my husband, Dr. Earl Allen. Well, she keeps talking like that. We'll go shopping again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, she knows how to, how to stroke you, doesn't she? <laughs> she makes it hard for you to say no. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you may be seated. Praise God Almighty. It's just good to be back again, as I said, uh, to Bishop and uh, Mrs. Gulfstone. We're just so uh, honored to be in your midst again and certainly be here with you. Uh, I regret so much that uh, our last visit, uh, it was cut short. Uh, it was beyond our control. I tried to say let there be light, but uh, for some reason it just didn't work for me that time. <laughs> Hopefully tonight, if I need to, I'll be able to say this way that one. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, as, as I said, uh, it's just good to be back, and I hope that uh, tonight, and hopefully tomorrow night, we'll be able to finish up uh, what we started. But, I, you know, when I was thinking about the last time we were here, uh, and the fact that we didn't finish, I said, well, this would, be, you know, we would, this would be the time for us to finish up. But God took me in another direction. And uh, I have to, I've learned to obey him. And I think the last time we talked, we talked about some silent sins and things that, you know, that people perhaps are not aware of that uh, is right in the body of Christ. And uh, so I thought I was going to follow that trail, but God uh, began to do something else with me. Now, I'm going to ask you tonight to do something I didn't ask you to do the last time, and I'm going to ask you to help me preach this sermon. Would y'all like to do that? All right, so get your Bibles. Now, you're going to need your Bibles. And uh, there is a word that uh, the Lord dropped in my spirit, and it's a famous word among believers, one of, one of the most... Uh, uh, important words that God ever uses. And we all are the recipients of this. It's a seven-letter word. Uh, anybody wants to venture a, a guess as to what you think that word might be? Seven letters. And if need be, I'll give you some, some of the letters in it, but uh, see if anyone can come up with it. Yes, ma'am. What is it? Believe. All right. That's a good, 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 Good try. Mm -hmm. Someone who receives. Okay, there's another good one. Those are two. Anybody else wants to think about the seven letters? Yes, ma'am. Bless. Okay, bless. Okay, that's all those are good words. Obedience, all good words. Prosperity, excellent word. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Worship, good word. Yes, ma'am. Healing, good word. All of the good words. Seven letters. Yes, ma'am. Forgive. Everybody say forgive. 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 That's the word. Forgive. Forgive. God wants to talk to us about forgiveness tonight. Forgiveness. Do you know that uh, healing, much of the healing that God wants to do in the body of Christ today, cannot, he cannot do it because of unforgiveness. The body of Christ is suffering from the malady of unforgiveness. And we don't even know it. It's a silent. It's almost like uh, high blood pressure or something. They call it a silent killer. It's killing the body of Christ. 
It's one of those socially acceptable sins because it's so quiet and so silent. And sometimes you can have it and you don't even know you got it. You see, it's not one of these things that does a lot of disruption and so on. I mean, it's so quiet and, and, it, and it's the quieter the better. The devil wants to keep it quiet. He wants to even keep it from you. Don't even want you to know that you have it. <laughs> and a lot of us have it. And I would, I would venture to say before the night's over, many of us are going to discover that we got a little taste of it. Some of us got a real strong case of it. It's, it's like, it's like uh, they call it in the medical picture, hardening of the arteries. It, it clogs up the arteries and the flow, the blood cannot flow. And, you know, and it's just taken away, taken away in the same way in the body of Christ. It hardens the arteries. The Holy Spirit cannot flow in the presence of unforgiveness. And many a person suffers. Many of the people that you will be ministering to, divine healing, will come to you, and they are suffering from some malady that nobody's able to put their hands on, and when you really look at it for what it really is worth, it's unforgiveness. In the body of Christ, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, will not work in the presence of unforgiveness. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, because uh, you'll discover that Many times you'll pray for people and nothing happens. You lay hands on them, you'll anoint them with all, and the saint will pray for them, and they'll just stay in that same condition over and over again. You know they're supposed to be healed. You know you're supposed to work, and you don't see anything. I'm not talking about instantaneous. I'm talking about even recovery. They say they will recover. You know, six months down the road, they still got the same. In fact, they get worse. So what is it? I know I did all the things right. We fasted. We prayed. We laid hands on them. We anointed them with all. The elders prayed for them. Nothing happened. I'm going to share a little story with you. Some several years ago, we had a dead lady to come to our, one of our services. She's a Hispanic lady. I thought she, she, she looked like she may have been 80 or something, but we discovered that she was in her 50s. All bent over. It, it reminded me of the lady who had the... Uh, condition for 18 years. Remember, they all been over and Jesus healed her, that dear lady. And uh, we came, her son brought her, and, and she could hardly walk. He had to, you know, help her in, set her down, and, and we uh, began to minister to her. And then she said, I want to, I, I, have, I have something I need to share. And she began to share this experience that she had some years ago. I mean, maybe it had been seven, eight, nine, maybe 10, 11 years had passed, and she said that there was a gentleman that I had some experience with. I don't know the nature of the experience. She didn't go into detail. She said, but he did something to me that I never forgave him for. And she said, I hated this man so. I mean, until I mean, that's all that was on my mind. I just hated him so. And she said, and gradually, I began to lose my health. And she said, it got so bad until I would go to the doctors and the doctors couldn't find it, prescribed all these different medicines and so on, and none of that worked. And I gradually deteriorated to the point I am now. My nerves are gone. I can't walk. I, I can't do anything for myself. And when it finally dawned on me, the woman was talking, what was going on? I called the gentleman that I had this 
unforgiveness toward and this bitterness and hatred toward. And asked him to come, and I asked him to accept my forgiveness and asked him to forgive me. And the man says, ma'am, what are you talking about? I don't even remember the incident. He was in the picture of hell, living his life, going on with his life, but here she was, harboring this unforgiveness, and it had destroyed her. She was all bent over in her mid-50s, looked like she was 80, and just in harbor. She says, I allowed this unforgiveness to destroy my health. And if I could do it over again, I would have forgiven him instantaneously. I would submit to you, my friends, that there are people, perhaps not as foregone as she was, but nonetheless, are blocked. They can't go forward. Not only in terms of their health, but in terms of their life because of unforgiveness. The most important thing a believer can do is to learn how to forgive. Huh? And, 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 and healing cannot go forth where there's unforgiveness. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. This be our master text. Hallelujah. You getting something out of this? Glory to God. Now, this is not, this is, we're not talking about them. We're not talking about, this is not one of those messages for somebody who's not here. You know, we you know, say, man, I wish so-and-so was here. You're the so-and-so tonight. This is for you. We want to see if there's any in you. It may not be, and hopefully it's not. But if it is, we want to get it out. Because it will destroy you. It will, it will limit you. It will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. You'll never rise to the level that God wants you to rise to unless there is, you are absolutely been clean and delivered from all unforgiveness. Look what it says here in Mark 11. Now, many of us are familiar with verses 22, 23, and 24. But uh, for some reason, we don't always read verse 25 and 26, which is all part of the same passage. For some reason, we've separated this passage. We've chopped it up, dissected it. And we love to preach on because we're faith people and we're word people. We love to preach and teach on this one. Look at verse 22 of chapter 11. It says, hmm, Mark chapter 11. I guess it'll help me for me to get in the book of Mark. I'm over here in book of Luke right now. Then said, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I have the God kind of faith. You know, he had just seen them. They had just seen him, you know, speak to that fig tree and it withered up and so on. And he says, just have the God kind of faith. God speaks and things happen. You can speak and things will happen. I assure you that, and I'm reading this from the New Living Bible, that you can say to this mountain, my God, may God lift you up and throw you into the sea and your command will be obeyed. All that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Verse 24, listen to me. You can pray for anything. If you believe, you will have it. That's verse 24. Now, we preach that, we teach that, you hear that. 
Whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe, and you shall receive them. You hear, but rarely do you hear the preacher go on down and talk about 25 and 26. And you can't really talk about 24 and 22 and 23 unless you talk about 25 because it's all part of the same passage. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he, he just appeared there, but it's still part of the same paragraph. But when you pray, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. Huh? We're told to forgive. Now, uh, if you have a Bible that has a concordance in the back, back of it, you know, the way you see different words, see if you can find the word forgive in the back of your Bible. Glory to God. This is where you're going to help me preach this tonight. Anybody found the word forgive in your Bible, in the back, you know, concordance? You found the word forgive? Okay, give me a scripture. What scripture does it? Does it does it cite a scripture or something there? We want to see what the Bible says about forgive or forgiveness. Seven which second what? Second Chronicles seven, seven fourteen. All right, second chronicles seven fourteen. Now I want somebody else to do the same thing. You find a scripture, and I want you to I'm going to ask you in a moment if you found the scripture. She's told me in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name pray, will pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will what? Forgive their sin and heal their land. God promises to forgive us. Huh? Each one of us in here is a recipient of God's forgiveness. Isn't that right? I said, we have, been, we have been forgiven. That's that's part of the salvation process. We got saved because God forgave us. And, and we'll find out in a moment what that means. You know, God, God, when God forgives us, he simply treats us as though we were not sinners, that we had not sinned. He just, he, he, he eliminates, he wipes away. He says, I'll remember that sins no more. You know, forgiveness means to wipe away, to erase. Those of you who are computer buffs, it means to delete. Just eliminate the fact that the sin was ever there. That's what you have to do when you forgive somebody. The only people that you have to forgive are people who've done something to you. Huh? I said, let's be clear about that. If, if I've never done anything to you, you don't have to forgive me. It's easy, you know, we can get along fine. But, it, but it's only the people who've done something to you, and really the ones who've really messed over you, who just rubbed it in your face. Huh? You know those kinds, those those the hard those hard cases, those are the ones you really need to forgive. You know, people who really messed over you. Anybody can identify with that? Now, I don't believe there's any person in this room who has not had somebody to mess over you. That's part of life, huh? Anybody here? Be like, well, I, you know, I've been I've been I've been spared that I've never had anybody to really mess over. I, I, you know, let me give you an example of what it means to be really messed over. I, I have a, a dear friend. I mean, in fact, my best friend. He's still my best friend, in spite of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> my best friend. Uh, I had, uh, I was scheduled to go somewhere out of town, but they called me. They were giving him a retirement party. 
and they asked me would I be one of the speakers. You know, you know, he they knew he and I were very dear friends and asked me would I come, you know, and 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 be on the program and speak on his behalf. I said, Well, yeah, I was planning on going out of town, but I'll change my plans and I'll go. So me and Miss Allen, we dressed got dressed up and you know, drove it was in another city. We drove to the city, got there, and as soon as we walked in the door, the first person we see was my dear friend and his wife. So we chat, chit-chatted and so on, and we walked into the banquet hall together. They were having a, a luncheon or something for him. It was full of people, you know, four or 500 people there. We walked in and ended up sitting at the same table with him. So then I looked down at the program, and I see all the people listed who was supposed to present, and my name wasn't on the program. I said, I said, hey, man, I said, you know, they invited me here. I said, I don't see my name on the program. You know, his attitude was, well, I don't know about that because they, you know, I didn't have anything to do with the program. I said, okay. And I said, well, where's the lady there? I'm trying to find the lady who invited me. <laughs> I couldn't find her. So I decided, I said, well, you know, maybe it was just an oversight. You know, if it's all said, I'm going to just get up and say something. I would just, you know, sort of butt in and ask me if I could just say something on your behalf. I get up to say something. And in the process of saying what I was saying, they turned the mic off on me. Here I am standing up there with a mic in my hand and there's no sound coming out. And I'm in a room full of folk. And I knew what that meant. Sit down. I'm talking about forgiveness. I mean, you know, forgiveness. I mean, you have to ask yourself, now, how would you have handled that? And then I had to go back and sit down right next to him. And I sat down next to him, and he didn't say one mumbling word. And to this day, he's never said a word. I had a big challenge. I had a big challenge. And so I had to deal with that, you know, and I said, you know what? So this is what I did. I turned it around. I took it off of him and put it on me. I said it was my fault. It wasn't his fault. His hands were tied. He didn't set the program. Somebody else set the program. He didn't turn the mic off. Somebody else turned the mic off. I just, I just said he didn't have anything to do with that. I'm just wondering this evening here in New York City, all of New York City, how would you have handled that? And what would be your attitude today towards that person? See, the only people you have to forgive are people who've done something to you. But you see, I keep remembering that dear woman who came to my church that they all went over, you know, all crippled, and, and, and I remember her testimony, I was, and I determined that I will not end up like that. I don't know anybody in all the world that's more important than my health and my peace of mind. If it means forgiving you, I will forgive you over and over again. And you must do the same thing. Because ultimately, it's not going to be him. It's going to be you who will suffer the most. 
because my God tells me I must forgive. And I love God too much to hate you. Because I can't hate you and love God. Are y'all listening to me tonight? We have to forgive. We don't have any choice about the matter. And the only people I need to forgive is somebody who's messed over me. So God just set me up for a promotion. Just put me in a situation that's not see if you want to go to the next level, boy, this is what it's going to take. And he's just setting you up. I'm just wondering this morning, this evening, are you passing? Are you ready for your promotion? Let me read this scripture. Look what this scripture said. If my people who are called by my name will humble, that's, see, that's what you got to do. You got to humble yourself. And most of us, you know, we want the goodies, but we don't want to do the work. That's the work. Humble yourselves in pray and seek my face. Keep God before you and turn away. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal the land. Are y'all listening? The healing can come when we humble ourselves. And many times it's not always just the healing, the person needing the healing. Sometimes it's the healer. <laughs> Sometimes it's the vessel that God has selected to you to bring about the healing that there's too much unforgiveness in their lives that God can't use them. So we're here to teach you how to be healing vessels, but you cannot be a, you know, a, an effective healing vessel if there's unforgiveness in your life. Where's my young man? I saw him over here. You, did you have a scripture, young man? Okay. Luke 637. All right, let's turn to Luke 637. Let's see what he has here. All righty. Getting right along here. 637. Amen, amen. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. And we all, now we all need some forgiveness. Yes, we do. I know I need some. And how in the world am I going to get on the soapbox and, and point the finger and condemn somebody? Glory to God. I need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. Look what he says here. You know what he says? He says, forgive and you will be forgiven. I said, forgive and you will be forgiven. We all need forgiveness from time to time. So healing is all wrapped up in forgiveness. If you need God, and because you cannot heal. See, you're not the healer. You're just a vessel. God does not work through unclean vessels. Especially when you have a choice, when he's talked to you and spoken to you about it and said, look, you need to forgive that person. And you refuse to do it. Well, you just don't know what they did. That's generally the first thing I hear. Well, Brother Pastor, you just don't know what they did. I don't have to know. Only thing I need to know is they did something. Did they do something? Forgive them. 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. If you want to be forgiven, now who, who in the room does not want to be forgiven? First thing we ask when you do something wrong, well, please forgive me. Even when you don't mean it, please forgive me. Sometimes you don't mean it. You're just saying something out of road. Let's please forgive me. I won't do it no more. <laughs> you just want to get off the hook right then. Amen. We all do that. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Please forgive me. I, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't intend to do it. Are we, are, we, are we in the right crowd? All right. Who else has a scripture? Yes, ma'am. 50 17. Now you know what that one's about, don't you? Now this is this is a biggery. This is a big E. I told you about my case. Let's talk about another case. This is Joseph and his brothers. You remember that? Those scoundrels, you know, because you know, you always have folk who are gonna be envious of you. God may be using you in a certain way. And right here in this church, Bishop, I have to say it. In this church, that spirit comes in. Oh, yeah, it, it'll come in. And, and, and it'll get in somebody. And, and sometimes they don't even know why they're doing it, but it is, it's something about you that rubs them. You don't rub them. Or, or God may be using you in some special way. You know, you got a special anointing on you, and God is using you, and they want to, they're going to get up and say, well, who do you think he is? And besides that, I mean, I was here before. She ain't even been here that long. And I don't know why, you know, all of a sudden she's always up in the bishop's face. Why the bishop can't see me and he sees her all the time? I've been here a long time. And all of a sudden, here she is. Every time I look around, she's up before. She's this. She's in charge of this. She's in charge of that. I mean, that spirit. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the spirit. And if you aren't careful, that's build a light on you. And if it's on you, my friends, I mean, you need to hurry up and get it off of you. Because it'll destroy you. It doesn't, see, it's an equal opportunity. It doesn't care where it lights. Wherever, wherever there's an opening, it'll just sit, set up shop there. And, and there's nothing good can come out of that. But, I mean, I'm just talking about that spirit. It'll, get, it'll jump all over the place. You know what I mean? Jump all over, the, get all over you. Well, here is Joseph. God was God had selected him. He was going to use him for some special work. He had a special anointing on him. His brothers didn't like it. You know, and he was young and foolish in his young years. Said a lot of things perhaps he shouldn't say. But that still doesn't negate the fact that God had anointed him. Huh? I mean, a lot of times, I mean, we get with them, that those of us who God has anointed, and because we are young and foolish and we do foolish things, we say things that we shouldn't say, we alienate people. But, but the bottom line is, is God says, touch not my anointing. See, God will clean us up. God will chastise us. And so some of this, see, God knew what he was going to do with Joseph. He knew he was going to send him through some, 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 some university of hard knocks, you know. And, and, and Joseph found out that it was God. He told his brothers, I mean, he, he, it wasn't you. It was God. God just used you. Sometimes God will use you. He said, well, you meant it for evil. <laughs> Say to Joseph, this is what, uh, look, let me go back. His brothers are concocting some story now. So they're still scoundrels. I said, they're still scoundrels. 
in after bad bed. Now, we don't have any record of uh, uh, the daddy ever telling them this, Jacob ever telling them this. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, verse 15, they said, perhaps Joseph will take us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Now, you know what he, they did to him. They, 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 they first of all tried to kill him. They were going to kill him. They all, one of the older brothers to say, well, no, don't kill him. So they threw him into this pit, and then they, then they sold him into slavery. He ended up going to Egypt because God was with him. He was sold uh, to Potiphar, but because of his, 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 his the spirit of excellence in him, his anointing on him, I mean, he was soon recognized as somebody very special and that God was with him and everything he touched, blessed, got blessed. And so he, he rose to the top. Then the, the worst thing that happened to a man is for the boss's wife to accuse you. And certainly falsely. She accused him of, uh, of trying to molest her. She was lying. And he, Joseph did something that everybody needs to learn to do. The Bible says well, she tried to seduce him and he ran. When sin knocks on your door, don't you be too cute to run away from it. Many a person regrets the fact that they never ran. Now, let me tell you something, my friends. Even if you can't run fast, you can hobble. <laughs> you can... <laughs> You can get away from it. You don't have to succumb to it. I mean, you may not be as fast as, <laughs> but you can get out of there. Unless you, at least you can send the message that you're trying to get away. Huh? Turn, that's what repentance means. Turn your back on that stuff and be trying to get there, get away from it. He ran. Ended up in day arrested him. Even in a jailhouse, when God has his hands on you, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be up under the jail, but God will find a way for you to rise to the top. It wasn't long before he was in charge of everything going on in the jailhouse because God was with him. That's why I can't, I mean, I, I have trouble uh, empathizing with people who always complain about how bad things are. Well, I just can't get no break. Nobody want to give me a chance. Come on, my friend, if you got God on your side, you, he'll open a door when there's no door. If there ain't no door there, he'll put a door there. He'll make a way when there's no way. Don't tell me you can't make it. Just get up. He found a man that had an infirmity for some 38 years. And all Jesus said to him was, get up. When he found out that the man had been trying to get up. All you need to know, all God wants you to know, have you tried? He says, get up. And two of our brothers and sisters just sitting. Want somebody to pick them up. And don't you know, my friends, the first place you get up is not on the outside, it's on the inside. I can't pick you up if you're not up on the inside. I said, I can't pick you up. God won't even pick you up if you're not up on the inside. You're just dead weight. And there's too many folks around here just dead 
late. And you know why they don't get up. Because you're not up on the inside. See, this man was up on the inside. Glory to God. See, you, everyone of us in here can be up on the inside. You may be flat on your back in the natural, but you can be up. I said, you can be up. Are you listening? Joseph didn't let the fact that he was incarcerated stop it. He still saw the hand of God. So sometimes bad things do happen to good people, but they never. See, he says, weapons may form against you, but they won't prosper. See, stop trying to figure out ways to get away from around bad things happening. Just let them happen. I mean, you can't, you can't spend your life trying to protect yourself from everything that's going to happen. You can't, the devil's going to see the devil's, he's going to do crazy stuff. He'll come right into your house, get among your children, get among your family members, and turn against you. That's okay. God will always have the last word. Don't you give in to it. Don't you put God down and take up that. You all on to God. And God will always find a way to get you out of that mess. And David says, you meant it for evil. But my God turned it into good. Stop crying and belly aching. Look for the good in it, because there's some good in it. I remind me of this story that I, I used to tell. I haven't told it in a good while. It's a good place to tell it. I haven't told it in Harlem again. But, it, I, you know, they, this dear sister was praying. She was, she was on a fixed income, she said. She said, Lord, you know, and, and her check, all her money had run out. She said, Lord, I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do. I sure would like to have a few taters. Y'all don't know what taters are. <laughs> a few greens, a little collards, you know, a few carrots. It's just something that had to tighten her over until the end of the month, the first of the month. So these little boys, little bad boys out in child playing, messing around. They overheard her. Friends, because she's praying out loud. She's talking loud to God. They said, they're going to play a trick on her. They said, well, we're gonna, they went home, and each one of them went home and got a little something out of, the, out of the kitchen that the mama didn't see them. Some got a little few potatoes. Some got some, some carrots, and, and some got some greens. And so they all brought it back and climbed up on top of the house and dropped it down through the chimney. And the dear lady, when they came running, she said, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. She was so excited. And then all of a sudden, she heard all this commotion. One of the little boys fell off the roof. <laughs> she ran out and looked out the window. She said, oh, that's all right. The devil may have brought it, but the Lord said it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The Lord said it. <laughs> See, many a time that God will even use the devil, he may bring it, but God said it. I say, God said it. Don't you dare. Look for the good. Look for God in every situation. He's in every situation. That's why, yes, he is. You may not see him, and the devil may not want you to see him, but you got to keep looking until you see him. God's in it. Because you know why he's in it? Because he said, I won't even let it happen unless I'm in it. If you're a child of God, my friends, ain't nothing going to happen to you that God's not in it. If it happens, God's in it. And not only is he in it, but there's a way out of it. Because he in it. He wouldn't let it come on you. There's no temptation. God's in it. It says he said God's in it. 
The devil may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He always turns it into good. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to somebody here this evening. You may be going through something, but God is in it. Look for the good. Don't you get bitter. Don't you get law unforgiveness to set up housekeeping in your life. Find some way to forgive. Because God is in it. And the Bible says Joseph told his brothers, hey, you don't have to worry about me. I may have been a hothead earlier, but I, I graduated from the University of Hartford. I've learned that there's no substitute for forgiving those that are wrong here. Not only did he forgive them, but he said, you know what? I'm going to take care of you, your whole family, as long as I have anything to say about it. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about your enemies, those who have done something to you, those who have messed over you. The best thing you can do for them and for yourself is to forgive them and treat them as though they never did anything to you. You want to walk in divine health? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are y'all listening to me? Are you listening to me? All right, give me one more. Who else got a scripture there? Yes, ma'am, we're in the back there. This lady right here. Ephesians what? 4.32. Okay. Y'all some good help tonight. I appreciate y'all. Y'all really helping me. Ephesians 4.32. Let's look what it says here. Chapter 4. Praise God. Bishop, I'm going to come out of this jacket in a minute. Okay, 4.32. Let's look at it and let's see what it says. It says right here, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. But I want to go up and read a few more of those verses because they're so important. It says here, Therefore, verse 25, put away line, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That's where forgiveness comes in. Don't let it go down. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Let him who stole steal no more. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that what but what is good and necessary and for nece for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, in other words, watch your tongue. My my friend uh, that I talked about earlier, I wanted to say something real bad to him. Before I left, then I wanted to call him. I want to talk to him real bad. I mean, I really want to get down, you know, because we're the type of friends we could just talk to one another, you know. We didn't have to be preacher, preacher. We know, bitch, we can just talk. I wanted to just talk to that brother. <laughs> I said, Negro, <laughs> do you know <laughs> who I am? Man, you know, you're going to let me. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I had a speech for him. Oh, I had a speech for him. But God would let me give that speech. To this day, uh, he would let me give that speech. I rehearsed it. Oh, yes. And then when I went home, you know the devil's going to go home with you. That old devil, boy, he's just talking to you. I get up in the morning. 
go in the shower, you know, and then I get to shaving. I'm looking in the mirror and shaving, and he gets to talking to you. And I cut myself. I said, shut up, devil. <laughs> yeah, you know that devil, he's he not going to leave it alone. He's not going to leave it alone. He's going to talk to you like you got, you know, you, you know, you know, you, you, come on now, you, you, you ain't never let nobody do that to you. You know, uh, come on, I mean, enough is enough, and he's supposed to be your friend. After all the stuff y'all been through together, you, you got to tell him something. <laughs> yes, you have. I said, no, God, I said, no, he wouldn't let me tell him anything. Oh, are you listening to me, my friend? See, see, you got to watch your tongue. And because, you know, watch it, because the devil's going to justify it. You know, in the natural, I was, I was justified to say something to him, man. You know, I missed the trip. I drove some 50 some miles, you know, to get here for you. And then you're going to treat me like this? You know what I'm talking about. But then God kept saying, the only people you need to forgive are those who've messed over you. And the ones who've messed over you the most are the ones that need your forgiveness the most. Are you listening? Then he reminds me, he said, now do you remember you, don't you? Unto whom much is given, much is required. Can you remember the times I forgave you? Boy, he tied my tongue. Are y'all listening tonight? I'm talking about forgiveness. I mean, this is that old subject, you know, we don't like, we just want to skirt over this one. But, but, I, but I found out that if we really want to get serious with God about healing, you want to move of God to come over this place and in your life. I mean, you want, you want to see the supernatural, the miraculous. Oh, you got a clean house. You got to clean your heart out. See, because unforgiveness is in the heart. That's where it is. And God knows it's there. Because you can sit next to me, and, you know, you can act. You know, you, we all know how to act. Oh, yeah, we specialize. You know, we specialize. We know how to act. But you see, it ain't about acting. Because God's going to look at the heart. What's in the heart? Oh, you can say all the right words. I mean, we can even make it sound good. You know, I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Lord. If you could just give me a, oh, I love you. Yeah, yeah. But what's in the heart? And in, in, in off time, that's why you got to be careful. Off time, my friend, what's in the heart's going to come out of the mouth. Especially when they rub you the wrong way. Have you ever noticed people don't have no trouble telling the truth when they're mad? <laughs> they tell you, they really tell you what they feel like. When they mad, oh man, man, I didn't know you felt like that. All oh, this time you never said that. You never made me this mad. I'm I'm deliberately making this a little humorous, but this is serious. This is where the body of Christ is today. This is why 
move of God that God wants you to see and to witness is not happening. I just believe, Bishop, that God really wants there to be a move in Harlem. I really do. I know he does. But it's going to take a word like this and others to get us ready. And it starts right in this room with those of you who are here. Let me go on. Praise God. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Unforgiveness grieves them. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Good words. And be kind. Everybody say be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there one more? Yes, sir. Which one? Jeremiah 31, 34. All right, Jeremiah 31. Thank you, Father. And we're going to wrap it up in a minute. It's getting 31, 34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. Now watch this. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Huh? Now, let me talk a little bit about that. Because most of us have trouble forgiving because we tend to hang on to the offense, the thing that the person does to us. Now, and then you say, well, I, 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 can, I can forgive you. But I sure can't forget it. I ain't going to forget it. I, I, I forgive you. But I ain't, I, I'll never till the day I die. I'll always remember that. That's where you make a mistake. Now watch it. Watch it. Now please let me just do a little teaching now. Truth of the matter is, you probably won't forget it. Just like I will probably never forget that experience I had my friend. That's not the issue. The issue is what I have to do is not try to not remember it, but try to take all the pain out of it. I, I mean, what I wanted, I don't, I don't want to focus on the pain because at that moment I was pain. It, it was painful. And so what I have done is try to do like I've done tonight, laugh about it, talk about it, you know, do, do anything to take the pain out of it. 
Because once the pain's gone, it ain't nothing there. It's just an experience. But when we make our mistake, we hold on to the pain. <coughs> and every time we think about it, we get worked up. Something happens on the inside. Some of us, we can't even talk, and we get to trembling. And, oh, you know what he did to me? You know, we get all worked up. And what you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me get beyond this. I don't want to remember the pain and the discomfort. I don't want to remember that. Help me. I guess I'll remember the incident because we're not perfect. Only God has perfect capacity to erase it, and it's not there. We don't have that capacity, but we do have the capacity with the help of the Holy Spirit not to remember the pain. Take the pain out. That should be your prayer. Take the pain out. See, once the pain is gone, it won't be long before, you know, that incident will have no life in it. So it's not going to rile you up, work you up. Are you listening to me, my friend? So, 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 so those experiences that you've had and you've been you're struggling with trying to forgive the person, just change your focus. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you take the pain out. I don't want it to be a painful experience. I want it to be one of those experiences that I can laugh about. I mean, I can share it, but it doesn't work me up. I don't get worked up. See, I didn't get worked up tonight on this. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm in control. I can tell it, talk about it, and it doesn't work me up. I mean, but the, 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 when it happened, the day afterwards and the day afterwards, oh, boy, I couldn't talk about it with a clear face. I mean, I mean, I was serious. It, it, was, it, 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 it bothered me. But that's the experience. See, that's, that's the experience. And see, and each time you, you, you win one like that, you're prepared to win another one. See, the thought of it, is not to see. It's the experiencing the emotional pain and discomfort. That's to see. Because then you're still keeping it alive. And we have to learn, and I'm saying this to each of you so that when you minister to somebody who may have a challenge like that, well, I just can't forget it. Stop trying to get people to forget the stuff that they can't forget. It ain't human. There's something you ain't gonna forget. Sheesh. No. So when God says, I'll remember that scene, the more God is the only one who's perfect enough to. So we can approximate that with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so what the Holy Spirit does, okay, I'll just take the pain away. Now that's some experiences you've had that you don't remember anymore. Somebody have to jog your memory. But I mean, but 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 then there are some. See, I remember to this day, the day that the morning I walked out into my grandmother's backyard and my uncle had my apple crate that I was going to make a little wagon out of to haul some ice and stuff to make me a little hustle and he going to chop it up for kindling wood. And I looked out the window and saw him with my little apple crate. Now I ran out there, didn't ask anybody ran because she told him to go out and get some kindling wood so she can start a fire to cook some breakfast. So we had no gas stove, no, no, no electric range. I mean, it was just one of those old-fashioned wood, iron stove. You had to put some wood in it, put some paper in it, put some kindling wood in it, and start a fire. And when I saw him with my box, I ran out there and grabbed my box. And he had an axe up in the air. 
Now he's in front of me and I'm I'm here. He had an axe in front of me and he chopped down and I yanked the box and ran. He grabbed me and said, come here, boy, give me that box. He took my box away again and he raised that axe up again. And this time I reached down and this axe came down. And the blessing was that the axe didn't hit me in the head. All I lost was the tip of my thumb. That was the blessing. I'll never in all my life forget that. I've forgotten the pain. I don't hold it against my uncle, but I remember the incident. And I don't think God wants me to forget that one. <laughs> if he does, he's going to have to grow me out another thumb. <laughs> but, but as long as I don't have a thumb, I'm going to remember that. There are just some things that we're going to remember. So stop trying. Stop beating up on yourself. Just ask God to remove the pain. Say, God, I just don't want to be all emotionally involved in this. I just let me tell it without any pain, any anger, anger, any bitterness. I have no bitterness against my uncle. In fact, this watch I got on, his, his, my uncle gave it to me. The same uncle that cut this, he gave this to me. This, he's going home to be with glory, but he gave me this watch. And it's my backup watch. Whenever my other watches and I were acting up, this one always works. <laughs> so, I gotta, so, so I'm saying to you, my friend, you know, God will always turn it into good. Stop crying and let the devil steal from you. Just look for the good. I mean, when bad things happen to you, look for the good. Joseph says, no, I'm not going to let this embitter me. I'm going to look for the good. It's got to be some good in it. Otherwise, God wouldn't let it happen to me. Can you say amen to that? Give him some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand to your feet and give him some praise in here. Woo. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you receive something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.